is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. We want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate you in advance for that. Because guess what? When you find something good, like Locked On Sports Atlanta, ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T., you got to spread the good news. That's how we get down on this show. That's what that's what we live. That's what we that's what we live. That's what we believe. Come on now. We'll talk about the other good news that we like to spread on another day. But we're going to talk about why the hell the Braves lost last night. I don't get it. I don't understand. We're going to get into a conversation about that. And is the Falcons, I know the Falcons may cut down to 53, but is it really set? Do the Falcons have what it takes to get – do they feel like they have what they need to, to go ahead and um, take on the uh, New Orleans Saints at Mercedes-Benz on, on September 11th? We'll talk about that as well. And last but not least, and for the culture, sometimes you just have no idea what people are going through. We'll get into all that. But but first, T, we got to talk about the Braves. They take the L last night. I don't know about you, but when I was sitting there watching their game last night – and I'm looking at Max Free. He just did not look like himself last night. He was just, it just, that wasn't the Max Free that I'm used to seeing. Right. It was definitely a grind for Max Free, but more importantly, perfect word, perfect word. Yeah, I feel like if he had the run support that he needed, even the grind would have been something that could have been overcome. But when the Braves go two for 13, right, with runners in scoring position. And this is something that's been a little bit of a challenge with them over this three-game losing streak, right? So if right. they go two for 13 with runners in scoring positions and they leave 10 runners on base, that's pretty much a recipe for losing. And like I said, the last three games, they've gone six for 30 with runners in scoring positions. So that's something for us to watch because we recall that if you look back at their other they only had three, one other three-game losing streak this season. And also, when you look at the moments in time where you scratch your head and you're like, how in the world did they lose that game? Typically speaking, this is one of the challenges that has reared its ugly head from time to time this season. Yeah, and it's, and it's, it's truly unfortunate, right? Because there's, that's the thing that you, know, you kind of count on because there are so many guys that are capable of being those guys, right? We, the, the the Braves were counting on the young guns. I almost said we. I'm start speaking French right here. Today's not today. Jarvis, calm down. All right, but you know the, the, you had the young guns. You had Michael Harris. You had Von Grissom. Those guys were just coming through for you. Clutch at the play. And Dansby Swanson, who is the two strike, two out king, uh, you know for for the Braves. And, and I think that those are some of the things that you expect, right? But when it doesn't happen, that's when you start to say, Oh my gosh, what's going on? You know what do they need to do? They just need to come through just like they've been doing come through in the clutch and that and that's exactly what the Braves we've seen them do this year and they've been they've been doing it and I think that you know some of for some of the guys who aren't doing it and the guys that you know that 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 um that want to continue to do it mm-hmm. uh you know one of those guys is definitely I think I believe is Ada Rosario he has to get his back going if you're going to be putting that lineup you know and of course nasty man uh, um Robbie Grossman for those who don't know I call him nasty man 
Hey, you know, that's just me. Um, um, I think he's been doing a pretty solid job, but you know, he has to come through. You know, yeah. when you got two runners on, you know, you have to you have to come through in those moments, and I think that they didn't do that, and that's the reason why they did not lose. But you know, if you want to figure out how to get your win on and win a little strategy, go ahead and um listen to T because she's about to drop some stuff. We're gonna talk about Ronald Acuna being sat down again, but before we do that. Make sure, T, tell the folks about Bet Online and how they can win. We talking about winning around here. Yes. So you guys know we are T minus three days to Georgia versus Oregon, and that line is still high, still seventeen. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that is it is set up there. The bar is very much set high. But if you want to kind of watch the trend to see if that number goes even higher up or if that number goes lower, then betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and all the sports info that you want. So whether that is Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, college football, or any of the niche sports like MMA or boxing or even golf, that's where you want to go to get the information. So it's really simple. Of course, after you watch ATL Day Ones, the next stop would be to go to betonline.net. You can take it in from your laptop, your desktop, or any connected device to get all of that information. And the one thing I love about them as well, as I tell you guys all the time, podcasts are about entertainment and information, infotainment, and they definitely give that to you on BetOnline. So definitely check them out, betonline.net, because that is where the game starts. Yes, indeed. And we know Ronald Acuna wasn't entertained by what he saw last night because I know that he felt like he could have maybe came in in one of those situations and pinch hit. You know, yeah. the Braves said he was available for it, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that was something that, you know, you want you want to see, you know, just give you a little encouragement and not get too concerned about, you know, Ronald Acuna going forward. But I think that with him sitting down, T, I think that you have to start thinking like, okay, what are y'all going to do with him? Like, is it right. going to be a, a situation where you have, you know, you're going to sit him down for what, 10 days or whatever, mm-hmm. or is it going to kind of, you're going to go back to the no back to backs, you know, don't, you know, no, if you play a night game and have mm-hmm. a day game the next day, you're not going to do those, you know, just all, just the, all the different scenarios that Ronald Cunha was going through at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. You kind of wonder if that's going to be something they're going to try to do this time around. Yeah, I was kind of shocked that we didn't see him last night. I did think right. that last night was going to be the return, in a pin- to your point, in a pinch-hitting capacity. So I suspect that we're going to see that tonight. Like, I would be very shocked if we're having this same conversation tomorrow because then if you get him in there tonight, to your point, you've got a, a businessman special come Friday, or Thursday, rather, and then you're able to rest him because, again, no back-to-back, no night game, then day game. And then you can give him just a little bit of a cushion because I do suspect that for the remainder of the regular season, that's probably going to be the maintenance relief that they give Ronald Acuna Jr. so that they can have, we'll say, as close to 100% of Acuna Jr. available for the postseason. Yeah, Lord knows you're going to need him for that. That's for sure. Um, they were fortunate enough to to pull it off last year, like my main man uh, John Chuckery says on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. They ain't winning it without Ronald Acuna this year. <laughs> so I don't see, I don't foresee that happening as well. So I'm all wholeheartedly on, on board with with that notion as well. And uh, just one quick note: uh, Jesse Chavez is on his way back. He was uh, DFA'd by the uh, Angels, and you know, a guy that it was really, really liked in the um in a well liked that is in the clubhouse. And Alex Anthopoulos 
went on and brought back uh definitely a clubhouse favorite in Jesse mm-hmm. Chavez uh, T. They try to bring as many weapons they can possibly get, right? Yeah, because that bullpen has been shaky. I know I said that I wasn't worried, and I'm going to maintain what I have said the last couple of days, right. but they do concern me. I'm just going to be real. They do concern me. And having somebody like Jesse Chavez back in that pitching rotation, just on the pitching staff, rather, is always a good thing because the more arms you have, whether that's pitching rotation, the bullpen, or all of the above, that's a beautiful thing. And like you said, hey, maybe it'll be like lightning striking twice. I mean, Adam Duvall his return has been a good look for the most part for the Braves. So hopefully this fourth iteration of the return of Jesse Chavez will actually be a good look for the Braves as well. Yeah. We're all all about good looks right here on ATL day ones, but T I think AJ Terrell is, is pretty big on, on good looks um, last year because, you know, you end up making an all pro team, mm-hmm. you know, and we know that what that, what's that voted on, right? That's voted on by coaches and, you know, people who really, really understand the game and, you know, mm-hmm. try not to be be objective as possible, right? And, you know, a lot of fuss was made about him not making the NFL top 100, which we yeah. know is can be very biased mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to, you know, um, asking the players' opinions. Now, it seems like ESPN got this one right, T. Coming in at number 46 out of the top 100 players on the ESPN top 100 players, Mm-hmm. AJ Terrell sits there and also he had a couple teammates on there Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. he was on there and Grady Jarrett made the ESPN top 100 player so hey ESPN showing the, the home team a little love T yeah I can appreciate that it's just mind-boggling though when you think about it because it's like wait a minute 46 so he's essentially according to ESPN's top 100 he is essentially top 50 i mean let's just keep it real he's essentially top 50 so how in the world does he not get on one list and then he's sorry about that little background noise for the remix of what we're talking about with aj Terrell. you gotta love it it's like hey technology right espn websites playing all these videos yeah like the ghost of the machine but yeah that just blew me away that aj Terrell was the top 50 for the ESPN top 100, but then over here, the NFL top 100, he doesn't even make the cut. But I tell you what, Jarvis, that may be a blessing in disguise because that might be motivation for this local product. I would not be surprised if AJ Terrell kind of takes just a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and uses that as some motivation for this coming season. I I, I wholeheartedly agree because when you think about the type of guy that he is, right? You know, we've had some interactions with him and he's just, mm-hmm. he's a humble cat, you yes. know, but he still got a little swag, you know, it'll pop out every now and then. It's not going to be obvious. You got to catch it. You know, it's like, oh, okay. So you, you know, you're good. Okay. Right. I got you. Yeah. You, I appreciate that. Yeah. That's just how Atlanta dudes do. You know what I'm saying? That's how we get down. But um, I know you got something to say about that. Don't, don't, don't do that T. Um, <laughs> 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 but yeah, I think, um, I think AJ Terrell is going to have kind of hold that up under it. And I think that the way he can take his game to the next level, start getting a couple interceptions because, you know, people who don't really watch, watch, watch the game, they pay attention to that type of stuff. So uh, I think if he can kind of get a couple interceptions and do a little something with it, I think he'll he'll definitely be in the top 100 as far as uh, amongst his peers. Um, they'll, they'll start believing it as well. But speaking of believing, Arthur Smith is trying to get this team to believe that they can win and go out there and compete on the 
weekly basis. And now in the, the Falcons have cut down their roster to 53. Were there any surprises? Were there some ones who should have made it? We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and T, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones. I'm Tanitra. That is Jarvis. And you guys are the crew that keeps rocking with us and getting us those five-star reviews. So keep them coming wherever you download your podcast and also keep getting the subscriptions coming our way on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We're closing in on 4,000 subscribers and we appreciate that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Just thank you so much. You know what else we appreciate? The fact that when we look at what Tuesday was about, cutting the roster down to 53-man rosters, it makes you feel like you're one step closer to the beginning of the regular season. But it's also interesting because in some ways you're excited because, hey, you thought that that guy was going to make the cut and he made it. And then in other ways, you're kind of scratching your head and you're kind of shocked because you thought that guy was going to make the cut and he didn't. So Jarvis, with that in mind, any surprises with who actually made the cut for the Falcons? You know, I've been hearing a lot of people talk about, you know, um, Anthony Ferguson and him getting cut, but and I think that the reason, but not people didn't saying why he got cut, right? Like the reason why he got cut was because Felipe Franks made the roster as a tight end, and I'm sitting up here like, okay, just looking at going back over the preseason. I know we see we saw some good things from him in training camp. You know, we were up there practicing. You know, he was kind of, he was looking good in one on ones and all that mm-hmm. stuff and making yeah. some nice catches and. And looked like he was kind of starting to settle settle in on that piece, but mm-hmm. he's still a, a kind of he's a project. He's a project yeah. guy, and I think that when I saw the the fifty three, and I was just like, wait a minute, yeah. they're gonna carry four tight ends, and Felipe Franks is the fourth. Like so, right. that was that was one thing that kind of just really just jumped out at me mm-hmm. initially when I start you know start going through the roster, and I think that was something that it I think it speaks to what Felipe Franks has shown them in practice, and I th- and that's. Very interesting. And I guess that, you know, maybe that emergency quarterback type yeah. situation. Yep. God forbid Mariota and Desmond Ritter get hurt in the game. And like, oh, we at least have a quarterback. So right. um I think <laughs> and and if that if that happens to you, yeah, you can go ahead and hang it up for the rest of the game because that's that's the situation I'm sure Arthur Smith he likes being prepared for, but he mm-hmm. definitely don't want to have to pull the trigger on that one. Indeed. And I would agree with that as a little bit of a head scratcher. But since you already went the Anthony Ferguson route, I will go the route of Caleb Huntley. Mm. Initially, the same reaction that you had when I first took a look, I said, oh, wow, didn't expect that. But then when I looked down the depth chart of the running back that the Falcons did retain and you look at a Cordero Patterson, you look at Avery Williams, you look at Damian Williams and Tyler Algier. And there really was no place because you're always going to keep CP. And Damian Williams is proven and he's the veteran. Yep. Exactly. He's the veteran that at least showed you a solid, had some solid outings and solid showings during uh, offseason as well as during training camp. And of course, you're going to keep Avery Williams because he's kind of the best of both worlds. You can get him to be a running back, but you need him on special teams. Team and teams. Tyler Algier definitely showed you so far that it was a good look that you drafted him. So initially, yes, was a little bit shocked that Huntley did not make the cut. But then when I looked deeper down that depth chart, I said, I absolutely see why and can agree with the move that Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot made. Now, that said, let's go to the flip side. Any surprises for you about who wasn't cut? Wow, uh, that was that's a good one. I mean, to be honest with you, when mm-hmm. you look at look up and down this, 
I started yeah, kind of down the roster, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I started looking up and down the roster, and I was like, okay, Eric Harris. Like, I know he's on the squad, but you know, like, what did he do? Like, he wasn't no guy. I was like, oh yeah, Eric Harris out there, really looking like a savvy veteran. It's like yeah. you really just kind of see him, and then you know, I think about the guy. Like, okay, you know, a lot of times when people say, oh, I'm surprised this guy made his roster, but they don't yeah. necessarily have okay. Well, who should have made it? And I think that a guy that really flashed was T's Tabor. You know, mm -hmm. I think he, you know, he was a guy that was out there throwing his weight around and, mm -hmm. and making some nice hits in, in the uh, in the preseason, and you're know, making some nice, he just making some good open field tackles, and he just looked mm -hmm. like a a solid young veteran that you can probably want to keep around. But you know, obviously the Falcons didn't think that they thought that Eric Harris would probably be better suited for what they need, and I think right. that that was something I was kind of like, okay, all right, you know, keep him around for another year. You know, he's mm -hmm. a veteran guy, so you know. But we know the injury history from last year, and then sure. you never know. T's Tabor may be a guy that they might try to bring back, you mm -hmm. know, given given any injury in, in the back end on the defense. Indeed, indeed. So I want to talk to you as well about some thoughts, and this is kind of a, a wish list of yours, if you will. But before we talk about your wish list for the final, final roster before week one, let's talk about this wish list that you always love to talk about. That's your yes. wish list for Coffee AM. <laughs> Coffeeam.com backslash locked on. That is the website that you need to go to. Now I'm about to tell you why you need to go to that, that website. Because mm -hmm. they have the most amazing coffee that you're ever going to taste. This mm -hmm. is the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country i'm talking about this sumatra black satin you want to go to kenya you want to go to taste the peabody coffee and yes that's the actual name of it it's part of part of the name i can't remember the rest of it but yes peabody the coffee is absolutely amazing because you know i get up early in the morning i get my day started and you know when i'm i'm dragging and feeling a little groggy i was even yawning during while we were recording this show i was like oh my god i need to pick me up the right. first thing I'm going to, once we get done, T, I'm going upstairs and go get my coffee AM mm -hmm. because it is the best small batch coffee roaster in the entire country. It's, it's no reason for you not to go there. Now, now that I told you why, now I'm about to tell you why once you get there, they're going to be doing something very special for you. Listen up. Here we go. Coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Go into the coupon code box. Dropped in, locked on, and you're going to get 15% off your first purchase on all gift, gift sets, coffees, and teas. They got tea as well. If you're not into coffee, tea going to tell you about the tea. You know, she loves it, absolutely loves it. And yesterday, you know, she had a little scratchy throat, and she tells you about that yesterday. So, yeah, go ahead and get that tea. It works for all things, all, th all of the above. Whatever you need it for is going to work for you. I'm going. I'm guaranteed that right now. And, you know, just to let you know, go and drop in that coupon code box, locked on. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. You're going to get 15% out. Go there right after the show. Yes, right after the show. But stick around right now because we know that you guys probably have some thoughts as well. And listen, keep dropping your comments and we love to get your feedback on your thoughts as well because I'm sure you guys have reaction about that 53-man roster. We're going to continue to talk about the players who are retained on that roster leading up to week one against the Saints. So, Jarvis, I was thinking as well, we, of course, have been covering this team for the last few years. And, of course, we were able to see players in the offseason during OTAs as well as training camp. And there were some players that we may have seen where we were like, you know what, 
dang, sorry that guy got cut, but man, wouldn't mind seeing him back on the roster at some point, whether that's the roster outright or the practice squad. So is there a player, I'll give you actually two, is there a player who you want to see return to this roster? And is there a player who you think will return to the roster? You know what, to be honest with you, I was really impressed by the New York Jets defensive line, like mm-hmm. all the way from beginning to end, you know, because some mm-hmm. of those guys, some of the starters, you know, the starters didn't necessarily play, but yes. there were some guys there on the reserves that I really like how they just get off the ball. And, they, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that, you know, some of those guys didn't necessarily make that 53. I would not be surprised if, you know, the Falcons, hey, made that phone call and, and called those guys as agent because – that's that's the whole point of that point of whole, whole point of scouting, right? You know, you mm-hmm. save time by you know going to try to watch some film on them. Hey, you played against them, right? So you see, you understand exactly what he brings to the table, what that person mm-hmm. brings to the table. So um, I think that I'm always thinking about def- defensive line. Anybody who who can touch yeah. the quarterback, that's on my wish list. Always, <laughs> like you can't have enough pass rushers. T yeah. and, and I think that you know for. As far as coming back, like I mentioned, you know, if you have an injury in the back, um, injury on the back end of the defense and tease mm-hmm. Tabor, I wouldn't mind seeing him come back. And, you know, another guy that I feel like they said they he'll be a prime candidate for the practice squad is Derek Tangelo. Mm-hmm. I think Derek Tangelo is a prime yeah. candidate for that final 53 at some point during this season, especially if they um, have some type of injury and Nick Thurman as well. Both of those guys, yeah. you know, look, you see, oh you see a trend here? You see a trend here, T? Yeah. A wish list with defense alignment and people you bring back defense alignment. So, yeah, everybody know where I stand on, on this show. <laughs> I agree. that, And that's actually who I was going to pick. I was Or two, Nick Thurman and Derek Tangelo. So I'm going to leave it right there. But I would also say you made a great point about the fact that the Falcons had the good fortune of being able to do joint practices with both the Jaguars as uh, as well as the Jets. And it uh, allowed the opportunity. And then, of course, that's in addition to the three preseason games. So you even had a, just a sneak peek at the Lions, if you will. That mm-hmm. gave Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith what maybe they needed to see. And hmm, there might be some player that we can get. And the fact that they are number eight on the waiver wire list puts them in that top space of being able to say, hey, go after their guy outright or being having first dibs, if you will. And granted, you might have some up and down on that waiver wire list, just in terms of, of course. maybe not always getting your first pick, but being eighth on the waiver wire list could also play in the Falcons' favor as far as who they can get. Now, a final question for you before we wrap up, and that is this. When you look at the, the roster, and we know shifts and movements can take place between now and September 11th, but as it's constructed today, are these Falcons equipped to compete the way that they say they want to? I don't think so. Um, that's why, you know, I listen to Coach Smith because, you know, even though from time to time he'll fall into the cliche head coach to uh, speak, but he says what he means and he means what he says. When he said, when a head coach says this 53 is fluid, it can look differently on Wednesday on uh, before the game or even on the Thursday before the game for mm-hmm. September 11th. And he's not talking about this week. He's talking about next week. <laughs> so, though, you know, when you think of when a coach says something like that, I, I wholeheartedly believe that they are combing the waiver wires and they're making those phone calls to agents and trying to figure out how they can get better. And I absolutely love that because at the end of the day, you don't want players saying, hey, I made the 53. Um, now I'm good. You know, though, you don't want that. You want those guys to continue to go out there and try to compete just like they did to earn that roster spot. But I think even though if even if they do, you still 
you still got to go out there and kind of um, calm that waiver wire and see what's going on because you never want to uh, turn out a chance to uh, get better. You never want to turn down a chance to improve. And the reality of it is, and again, don't want to pick on him, but staying in that theme of D lineman, you look at Marlon Davidson and the reality is that's probably, that is potentially someone who's going to go on the IR, who's effectively going to have that opening. At some point. At some point, he's going to get hurt. That's kind of inevitable. Yeah, so you yeah. kind of know that when he talks about fluidity on the roster, that's probably one of the spaces and places that he's talking about. But speaking of fluidity, life takes us all over the place. It is fluid and we never know how it's going to hit us from day to day. Man, it's a lesson, a cautionary tale about making judgments on somebody and also looking to be able to cheer somebody on for the bounce back. We'll talk about it in For the Culture. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanisha. We want to say thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. We really appreciate you. You guys are pushing us to almost 4,000 subscribers on YouTube, man. Go check us out. Man, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Wherever you download your podcast, you can find us. And the people who have found us, they've been leaving us five-star reviews. So when you find us and get right and you listen to this podcast, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. But T, the news is coming down fast and furious. We got to mention it because, you know, hey, I talked about it and they listen. Yes, the Falcons listen to this show. I promise you they listen to this show. You know, I, it's just amazing how that works. I just don't understand. You know, I do understand it. You know, mom told me I was going to be great. <laughs> mom exactly. told me I was going to be great. I'm going to be great. You know, that's what it is. But um, the Falcons actually picked up a Jets player. It wasn't defensive lineman, but they picked up Chuma Edoga from the uh, the New York Jets. And that was a team that they played against. Like you said, you get a chance to see those guys, you see how they function in practice, how they work. He was a third-round pick in 2019. So, obviously, it got to be some type of talent there. So, and uh, he was in. Um, he was competing for uh, a spot at the, at the swing tackle um, spot for the Jets, and you know it didn't quite work out for him. So the Falcons claimed him on waiver. So hey, we'll see how that works out. But T, this is for the culture, and it's the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the you know, we want to talk about, because that's just how we get down on this show. Now. You talked about how, you know, a lot of things, how people go through things in life, right? And and then when it comes to athletes, though, you never really sometimes never really know what's going on with them. And I think that this definitely was the case for John Wall. Um, it comes out that during COVID, he was having some issues, right? He was struggling with his, uh, the, um, the death of his mother. And then his grandmother passed not too soon after that. And, mm -hmm. and I think that when you think about, and even to kind of even bring Calvin Ridley to the situation we talked about yesterday, like you never really know what these guys are going through. And then a lot of times people want them to not be human beings in these particular sure. cases. Right. Like it put it. OK, put it to the side. You know, this is this is what it is. And and you have to go out there and play. Yeah. You know, and that just that's just 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 not a good. That's not a real way of thinking. Right. So. And, and then, of course, add to that, you know, mm -hmm. from a, a court standpoint, he was injured. He was yeah. dealing with the injury and, and everything. And he even get, went as far as to say that he was think, contemplating suicide, T. Mm -hmm. Like, how is it can we not get to a point in life from a fan standpoint for the for the media who cover the teams? Because they're not there can be just as bad as well. Yeah. How can we get to the point where we can just look at these guys like humans and say, you know what? If you're dealing with some stuff off the court or off the mm -hmm. field. Like, I have to take that in consideration if you're not necessarily living up to my expectations for you as a player. 
Yeah, and you just put the nail on the head. How do we how do we make it real and keep it honest about the fact that they are human beings? Every time they show courage to tell us their truth, it humanizes it. It makes yep. it less taboo. John Wall is gonna keep it one hundred, Jarvis. John Wall is an athlete. He is a man, and he is African American. That is yes. 043 as far as individuals who are going to be likely to tell you about their mental challenges. But this guy went above and beyond and said, forget that I'm an athlete, forget that I'm a male, and forget that I'm African-American. I am going to talk to you about my issues. And he was so forthright. If you guys have a chance to check out the video, please do, because he was authentic. He was just as real as it comes. It was just as matter of fact for him. And I like that. I like that because it was saying, I'm not ashamed. I'm going to tell you guys my mm-hmm. truth now that I have an opportunity to do so. And I really appreciate that because whether it is an adult who's dealing with some of those challenges or whether it is a child who's dealing with those challenges or all of the above, everyone needs to know that normalizing mental challenges, dealing with death, overcoming obstacles, especially when they come to you, one, two, three punches, injury, mom, and you're watching her leave. You're watching yeah. her transition and you mm-hmm. know that well and grandmother and trying to battle through those things and be expected to be the John Wall on the court every single day. That's a whole heck of a lot. So I was always rooting for him because I low key, I was like, can he come here? Can he come here? Is there any way he can come here? When when there were first started to be rumors that he was uh, trying to, or potentially trying to get out of, of DC. Right. Right. That was my thought. And then I thought to myself, why are we, what, what's really going on with him? And I actually thought about reaching out to a friend of mine, a business friend of mine, colleague, and mm-hmm. saying, sis, what is going on up there? I'm so glad that I had that second thought, Jarvis, because it goes back to me as a media person. I stepped away and I was like, but I wonder what's really going on because there's more to this than just this guy wants out or this guy doesn't want to play. And here we have it. So again, shout out to my guy, John Wall. Thank you so much for saying what you said and doing what you did. And I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you just kill it out there in LA. I hope that you just give the Clippers the bump. And I I know, I I just believe that Clipper Nation is rooting for you to come there and do some great things. And you know, a lot of times T, like this this generation gets a lot of flack for what they do as far as social media and all that stuff. But the one thing that I will stand on top of tables and and really just uh, champion them for Mm -hmm. is, Speaking on this stuff, because like you said, I grew up in a generation where you don't supposed to talk about how you feel as a man, right. especially as a black man. Like, right. no, and you keep that to yourself and you suck it up, buttercup, and keep it moving. Like, mm-hmm. you don't you don't talk about that type of stuff. You don't talk about feelings and all that. And, and mm-hmm. I, like I said, I can feel him. Like, mm-hmm. I literally felt him reading that, reading that, that article. And I was just mm-hmm. because, like I said, I went through those, that exact same thing, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, had, I, I dealt with the mom, death of my mom in 2013. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I literally was there until she took her last breath. And then mm-hmm. at the beginning of 14, I lost both of my grandparents on my mom's side. So it was just, it's a lot. And then I think that the, the one thing that, that just really, just really touched me, and it just re- made me really feel like, Okay, I, I totally get this brother. Was when he talked about the, the support that he had from the mother of his children, and I know that for me, Tanae, like my wife, like she was there, like 
when I, I can't even tell you the questions I was asking her during those times. Like it, I can't even reveal that because it would just you would you wouldn't you wouldn't even think that a human being would ask another person stuff like that. So it's it. I think that that support system. Yes. And, and 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 what those and what this generation is doing as far as speaking on mental health, mm-hmm. I think that's the way. That's the way that we get to a point where it's not taboo to talk about it, and we get to the point where fans, which is short for for fanatic, we got to remember that yeah. they start to understand. Like you know what, this cat is going through things, some things that I don't even know how I will be able to deal with it. Just simply as a regular human being, right? I say regular because athletes are. They have a skill set yeah. that is in a very small percentile. So I can I can say superior, you know, in, in that particular um, moment. So I think that when you have those guys sitting around, you know, doing those things, having these conversations, I think that that's the that's the key to us getting to a better space, yeah. you know, um, from a, in the sports world, so to speak. Indeed, indeed it is. And again, we just cheer him on. We are definitely 100% rooting for you. And thank you again, John, just for your being so willing to just tell your truth. So yeah, I mean, it again, th- to me, this was one of those where I say to myself, we don't necessarily always say that things are exciting, but they are exciting. One more thing before we wrap up real quick, because Jarvis, I got to let you just jump in on this one, because we're going to mm-hmm. end on just a little bit of a lighter note. But I also like when athletes tell the truth, like your boy, Harold Warner the third kept it on hundred. But like, so, you know, everybody been losing their mind about, you know, live golf people on that call. They even call them live defectors. I was like, Oh my God. Like this is not that serious. Like these dudes are making business decisions to go on. Like the uh, British open champ, Cam Smith just recently um, announced that he's going over. And I love the way Harold Varner put it. You know, he's like, he's like, the truth is my life is changing. The opportunity to join live golf is simply too good of a financial breakthrough for me to pass by. You know, when somebody, you know how it, it really touched them because when you say financial breakthrough that is just so much meaning to that that just lets you know that hv3 was just like man i'm about to change my life with this type of money that they're offering me so guess what i'm going to take it and that's the reason why i'm taking it and also i got a foundation that i can do some things i want to tell people about how good the game of golf is and you know what that means too because guess what Harold Barner is a black man. He wanted to introduce the game of golf to a lot of people. And you can introduce the game of golf to a lot of people when you're making that type of money that they throwing out, they throwing eight, nine-figure deals out there just to doggone sign up. Like, come on. Like, it makes make it make sense. And it made sense for him. So good for HV3 for going ahead and telling us exactly how it is. I appreciate you, my brother. Because HV3, with him, the math was mathing. So anyway, guys, we hope that the math maps yes. again with the Braves tonight because we need them to get back on track. Come on now. We have a true rubber match on Thursday. And of course, we're watching the waiver wire just like you guys. So we're going to react to any and all changes to the Falcons roster that we find out when we get back here tomorrow. And as always, when you finish watching ATL Day Ones, we want you to check out Hitting Heart with John Chuckery because it's always a good look. And you know what else is a good look? Just in case you guys are ever having some thoughts that this life is not worth living anymore, don't stay in that space. Go ahead and dial 988 on your cell phone. Talk to somebody about it. They're there to listen to you. Or you can call 
273-8255. That's actually the new Suicide National Prevention Hotline because listen, as much as we love you guys checking us out here, we love you as a human being that has something to give in this world. So appreciate you guys for stopping by. Have a wonderful day. Keep your mental right and we'll see you tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear?